fellow travellers, and welcome to podcast 141 in our series, You Should Have Been There, with me, Mick Webb. And me, Simon Calder. And I'm sorry about the uh, slightly tricky uh, voice. That is because I am pedalling frantically um, in order to keep... <laughs> the laptop on which I'm recording powered. Um, That's because I'm in the Eurostar departure lounge um, here in uh, Brussels, in Belgium, of course. And there's nowhere you can charge stuff up unless you go over to the corner where there's a kind of hobby horse thing with pedals attached, a bit like an exercise bike, and you pedal frantically and hope that you can keep the the flipping vaults up so that's what i'm doing and um uh it's uh oh yeah I'm, I'm waiting for my train back to st pancras but meanwhile mick you've got many stories to tell us about bruges yes i've recently spent four days there my first visit it was uh from a saturday to a wednesday which is relevant um and i have made an audio diary of the experience the beguiling sights and the unique sounds. And here's part one. Here we are, exactly three and a half hours after leaving London. Well, dragging my wheelie case along and after 10 minutes, I'd say um, Brugge or Bruges has um, more than a few similarities with Cambridge. Uh, Water, lovely brick buildings, Cobbles, bicycles, rain, guided tours. Oh, here's some horse-drawn tourists clomping past. Quite glad, given the weather, that I've managed to uh, book a B&B that is about a quarter of an hour's walk from the station. diary Sunday morning. Well after a Saturday night out in Bruges I've changed my mind and decided that it's rather more like Venice than it is like Cambridge. Narrow streets, cobbled, a kind of damp mist over everything and a feeling that something either exciting or sinister might uh, might occur around uh, around the corner. And there are, of course, the canals to factor in. It's no surprise that Bruges made such a good backdrop to the dark, violent and um, and very funny film in Bruges. However, Steph and I had a, uh, a much less uh, violent time, although at the beer hall, which is part of the Half Moon Brewery, where we drank some very, very nice and strong blonde beer and then some even stronger dark beer, there was a moment of drama when one of the waiters <laughs> dropped a tray of about eight beers uh, onto the uh, 
onto the flagstones and, and uh, what an amazing explosion and uh, fountain of beer there was. And the man sitting next to us got the full force of it on his new coat, but he was very good humoured considering. Then we went to a restaurant and uh, had a very, very fine beef stew, which was cooked, of course, in beer um, and witnessed and then got rather involved in a bit of a domestic between two young French people who'd come there for the weekend. Steph guessed their first weekend away uh, and uh, we also assumed their last as they got into um, something of a row over whether he should or shouldn't have any more to drink. Okay, ready? Yeah. Right, we're setting out on a psychogeographic <laughs> attempt to uh, uh, get to know Bruges. Starting with this very clever high-tech locking thing for our room. And now uh, the idea is to go roughly in a uh, northerly direction to the very edge of the city, passing lots of uh, important sites on the way and ticking them off including the most photographed spot in Bruges. Bye bye. Thanks. We're going to go we're going to walk right across the city and see what happens. <laughs> see you Bart. Thanks. Bye bye. Well this is the most photographed spot in Bruges apparently and uh, from this uh, rather windswept canal side location along with a few guided tours and quite a lot of uh, tourists who are actually gathered here um, a bit like bird watchers um, around a uh, particularly rare species um, and what we're looking at is the belfry the famous tower in the uh, very centre of Bruges. From which, if you're a fan of the film, Brendan Gleeson um, threw himself into the square below with the catastrophic effects of himself and his gun. It's very cold, I must carry on. Bruges is very rich tourist fare indeed. This is the little street that runs between the two main squares, the Bourg and the Markt. The sound of the bells from the belfry, the clashing accompaniment just now of a barrel organ and a whole array of uh, smells of uh, rich chocolate coming from a waffle shop where people are uh, eating uh, waffles dipped in chocolate on this very cold Sunday morning. Quite a lot of tourists and quite a lot of locals with dogs. And bicycles whizzing around everywhere. Mick, can I just say I've really enjoyed that. Um, older listeners may possibly recall that there was, well, in the 1990s, a Radio 4 programme called Breakaway, in which 
a well put together um, package with lots of really interesting sounds and uh, droll observations um, filled um, very handsomely uh, time on Radio 4 and I was transported right back there. Meanwhile, of course, I've been peddling all the way through. Um, I, can I tell you the, the, the most poignant thing I thought? That couple on their first weekend away, what was going on? Yes. Um, hasn't, the other thing I thought, Steph's been trained in this sort of thing, hasn't she? Couldn't she intervene? Well, we did kind of intervene by trying to distract them. So uh, Steph spoke to the young lady <laughs> and I spoke to the young man. Um, can I ask, how did you get... Did you get right across the city on your psychogeographic trip? Did it take you long? Well, uh, yes. And uh, I mean, obviously, that is a rather pretentious way of describing a random um, tour of Bruges, which we thought would be a good way to start. And uh, it really only took about an hour from our very pleasant B&B in the, I suppose, the sort of southernmost part of the central city. And then um, uh, we got in, I suppose, well, an hour and a half because we stopped to look at things and uh, chat and record stuff. And we got to the Darm port at the uh, northern end of the city, which is a kind of bridge over one of the many canals. You know, I suppose it was about an hour and a half, but we could easily have done it in 45 minutes. And then um, we walked back down one of the canals uh, beside a, a, a row of um, splendid windmills. Were there any highlights that made you go, wow? Uh, well, I do love uh, Flemish architecture. Um not just that really highly decorated stuff, the sort of very flamboyant and um, uh, colourful facades, which uh, if you look at a photograph of one of the main squares, the Marked um, or the Borg uh, in Bruges, you will be able to see. But, uh, but also the sort of generality of the tall red brick uh, houses with the very characteristic stepped gables you know those bits that kind of come down in um, well in steps really and actually some of the nicest streets uh, to walk along and to to just admire the uh, the houses and the cobbled streets and the canals and the little bridges uh, were uh, away from the much trumpeted tourist center and um, around uh, a square named after uh, Jan van Eyck the great painter it sounds absolutely lovely um although when you were traveling out there it did sound as though the weather was not going to be uh, particularly generous and i did that keep going all the way through no, there was a, a glorious uh, day of respite, but I'll, I'll tell you about that in a second when I share the uh, best bits of the rest of the trip. But uh, first of all, I want to know what you've been up to in Brussels. Well, Brussels is one of those places where I find myself travelling to partly because it's absolutely the centre of European institutions and uh, all kinds of um, important uh, organisations are based here. And I've today been talking to Eurostar and to Airlines for Europe. But I also just love the place because it's just so, so ludicrous. Um, if, you look, if you can kind of visualise a map of this part of Europe, you've got, what, Lille, you've got Brussels, you've got Liège, Aachen and Cologne. And five, five pretty good cities. Um Yet Brussels is the outlier because it really is just a kind of provincial town that suddenly became 
capital of Belgium when that country was created. Uh, yeah. And then furthermore, it became capital of Europe. And so you've got at the core <laughs> a really pleasant um, kind of Flemish, although I won't say that too close to a French speaker, um, city, uh, which has just <laughs> grown and grown and grown. And so down the uh, eastern end, for instance, around Schumann, where you've got the Berlaymont building and all the European places, that's a kind of mini Manhattan. Um, but you've got lots of other quarters and lovely little squares. And uh, the other thing I love about it, since I do not have your linguistic flair, is the fact that the lingua franca is English. Yes, it is. Um, you get that pretty much everywhere, partly because um, Belgium being a bilingu bilingual country, Dutch, French, you know, once you're in the capital, which is sort of roughly 50-50, it's all a bit difficult. And partly because so many people from everywhere that um, they just talk in English, which is um, for those of us who want to be abroad yet still understand what's going on. Um, it's a, a, a gratifying place. But I do assume that uh, Brussels actually is very different from Bruges, which is utterly devoted to the pursuit of the tourist <laughs> euro. And so um, in Bruges, you can't walk for more than about two minutes without coming across well a souvenir shop or a, a, um, a, uh, a shop selling chocolate, for example. I don't think it's like that in Brussels, is it? No, I mean, there is a, a tourist industry, of course, centred around, absurdly, the mannequin piece, this uh, little boy, <laughs> a model statue of a little boy urinating, which is just ridiculous because <laughs> the Grand Place is genuinely beautiful. And, and the corner I like, which is actually very, very close to everything, is um, uh, it, it's a kind of three-sided square called, I think, uh, Place de la Veille à l'Oblis. So, uh, and, and um, of course, it has a almost um, unpronounceable Flemish name, um, which I think is something like Old Corn Market or something. Um, but but a lovely yeah. square. Uh, there's a, a brasserie called the Coming Soon, um, and uh, that's that's a very jolly place to go. So the, it, you can feel as though you're in a really nice um, European city prices are fairly high because um there's simply so much money coming in from um uh, with with all these people with reasonably well-paid jobs in either the european institutions or indeed the other bits around it but i think anybody and i don't think you did this anybody who's going to bruges on eurostar um really should take advantage of the fact that you can stop for up to 24 hours before you connect without any extra charge. Anyway, talking of being in Bruges, um, I, when we talked about this uh, what, last week, you were talking about the um, well-known film In Bruges, and I wondered just how close you got to it. Can we have a listen to the uh, second half of your 
Bruges experience? Well, yes, I did, as you will hear in a sec, um, uh, make a, a gallant effort to um, visit uh, some of the uh, locations of the film. Um, but uh, we also, uh, Steph and I, wanted to try and fit in a day at the seaside. So the fact that sun with very low temperatures was forecast for the Tuesday, we decided we would go to the sea then. And before that, we... Um, took in the um, Groningen Museum, which is a small but fabulous gallery where you can uh, discover the delights of the Flemish primitives, who do sound like a punk band, but actually were um, a group of painters headed by Jan van Eyck, who was a gifted pioneer of oil painting. We also did the St. John, the Senyan Hospital, uh, which is an old hospital, but now um, another um, museum. Uh, the City Hall, again with uh, intriguing, mainly medieval paintings. Uh, the Basilica of the Holy Blood was closed for exceptional reasons, although I never found out what they were. And what we didn't do was go to the Lace Museum, the Chocolate Museum, the Beer Museum, the Tantan Museum, or the Freet Museum. <laughs> yes, the Chips Museum. God, but I did, uh, uh, as you thought I would, indulge my mild obsession with the film in Bruges, in the pouring rain. Well, this is quite disappointing. I'm in Queen Astrid Park in Bruges, and I think this is the place where... Um, one of the more memorable scenes of In Bruges took place when Hitman Ken was going to kill Hitman Ray uh, and then uh, decided not to. And the important thing about it was that he'd been advised that uh, he could manage to uh, creep up on his victim by hiding in one of the alcoves, as it was memorably described by... <laughs> The extremely seedy uh, Russian arms dealer, Yuri. Um, and I don't know, there don't seem to be any alcoves here at all. But we realised actually that Yuri's English wasn't all that wonderful. And maybe nooks and crannies was a better description. But there are all sorts of uh, kind of woody bits. Maybe that's uh, what counts. But I can't see the bench that... Uh, Ray was sitting on. It's all a bit, uh, all a bit dispiriting, really, and the weather is absolutely vile. Um, nobody would have wanted to kill anybody outside in this weather, and also um, it's very challenging for tourists um, who are <laughs> wandering around following guides uh, who have umbrellas, but everybody has an umbrella because it's so wet, and then standing shivering in front of them. Um, memorable spots and it's also very difficult to take uh, selfies while actually keeping the rain off you so one way or another could be a better day for sightseeing in Bruges. Well I'm sheltering from the rain inside one of Bruges churches, one of its most iconic churches, the Church of Our Lady. The church boasts the second highest brick-built tower or spire in the world, 115 meters, and um, a mighty thing it is. But the most impressive 
treasure is inside the church and it's what I'm looking at at the moment. Madonna and Child by Michelangelo. I think the only one of his incredible uh, sculptures not to be in Italy. And here it is, beautiful white marble, perfectly realistic from what I can see from uh, some distance away, because obviously you're not allowed to go up and touch it. And quite large, about 1.34 meters, and it seems to almost glow with an ethereal light. It has actually been stolen on a couple of occasions from uh, Bruges, first by Napoleon, who took it away for his uh, Museum of Paris, but then with the fall of Napoleon it was taken back, and then Hitler also grabbed it. Uh, again, it has uh, been restored to its rightful place. And very fine it is too. Exciting. We're just leaving Bruges bus station on the number 31 bus, which is going to the sea at De Haan. Um, and even better, the weather has changed completely from absolutely torrential horizontal rain yesterday to a beautiful chilly sunny day today. And uh, let's hope it's still like this when we get to the seaside. Well, this is an absolutely stunning winter walk along the beach from De Haan towards Blankenberg, which is a couple of hours away. It's a very wide beach, virtually nobody on it, apart from lots of seagulls and uh, shells crunching underfoot and a very calm looking sea, which I'm sure it wasn't yesterday. What's that bird there? Oh, it's an oyster catcher, isn't it? Look, amongst the gulls. Yeah, the one with the orange beak. In fact, we didn't complete the walk to Blankenberger, but after a couple of hours uh, traipsing along the beach and through the dunes, we hopped on a passing tram. Yes, it's a marvellous piece of public transport that connects all of the uh, resorts and little towns along the Belgian coast. 67 kilometers of it and 68 tram stops. And it's really very regular as well. So a terrific idea that. And then from Blankenberger, which I must say is a town as unprepossessing as Bruges is beautiful. It was a mere 10 minutes back on the train to Bruges in time to see the cathedral which was quite interesting, before the touristic piece de résistance. Right, this is a proper Bruges experience. Walking slowly up the steps of the belfry to what I hope will be a wonderful view of the setting sun over Bruges. There are 
quite a lot of steps. I forgot to look and see how many, but now there seems to be an even narrower bit up further up to the top. It's up and down the same way it is indeed. I'm hoping that no one comes down at the same time because there is hardly room for one, let alone one going up, one coming down. Climbed up a few things in my time, but this is hello, right? There we go. And this is it, and here we are. Ah, at the top. Well, this is a view that was almost certainly worth the effort getting to. And you can see pretty well the whole of Belgium, I should imagine. Um, you can certainly see very clearly the even higher spire. Is that right? Is that higher, that? one that tower for our lady i think it is and then the not so high um rather squat uh, pinnacle of the cathedral oh here it says this tower is 800 years old this is much older than the tower of pisa the eiffel tower or big ben so please do not damage the walls thank you for your understanding well, just time for a quick photo in the last of the sunlight and then, uh, oh dear, I've got to try and get down. Just leaving Bruges after a very enjoyable four days and uh, is the station ahead of us and just time I think to record my favorite Bruges sound or maybe it's a Belgian sound which is the uh, interesting noise made by the uh, pedestrian crossing lights which is presumably designed to make you hurry across as quickly as possible. So it's a red light at the moment. Now, time to go. Sorry. And here's the station. Goodbye, Bruges. Mick, that's great. What a, an award-winning, surely, report. Um, I wonder, do you have any regrets about uh, maybe things left undone? What You went through the museums. Uh, Tanta, I remember. Frit, uh, beer. Uh, yeah. No, I don't really re regret any of those. Um, I suppose I regret not renting a couple of bikes and um, and cycling around because although there are cobbles, uh, it's uh, which isn't friendly for bikes, and it was quite wet, even less friendly. Um, it would still have been a nice way to sort of get around the 
the towpaths. I wish perhaps that I'd uh, eaten fewer chips uh, and uh, <laughs> had a few cheaper meals um, with uh, salad and vegetables rather than the extremely rich fare, which is uh, characteristic of Flemish cuisine. Lots of meat, uh, lots of uh, Fish, which of course is okay, all cooked in lots of beer and with loads of chips. Um, and maybe I regret somewhat not having gone in warmer weather because I think, mm. uh, um, I think you know, strolling around uh, at night or in the late evening, you know, and being able to sit outside for a zot blonde rather than huddle up in the warmth for a zot blonde might have been very nice. But uh, on the whole, I think. Uh, very good indeed. And of course, in the warmer weather, there would have been the risk of more tourists. Nine million, I think, <sighs> last year. Oh, goodness me. Um, I, let me. I will do the maths on that. But, but um, uh, just while I'm asking you, what, what would your top tips be for anybody considering a visit? Well, definitely, number one, go Eurostar. Try and stay a bit out of the centre, as I did, because it's very easy to get into the uh, main squares from pretty well anywhere. Get a city pass for all the museums. There are lots of them, and you do save um, a uh, reasonable amount of money. And you can, of course, uh, save a huge amount of time when there are people queuing up to do things. Um, and I must say, um, yes, uh, watch your budget, because uh, it really... <laughs> really is an expensive place. Um, uh, I would say uh, to stay for two or three nights at least to um, avoid indigestion um, from consuming too many sites in too short a time. Go midweek if you can to avoid uh, other tourists. And also, finally, I just want to say, because um, I hadn't managed to count them at the time, the number of steps up to the top of the belfry is 366. <laughs> I've been uh, calculating uh, Bruges every hour of every day of the year gets an average of 1,050 arrivals per hour. That's how touristy it is. And of course, if there's a cruise ship with 5,000 people on board pulling into <laughs> um, Zeebrugge, they're all going to be turning up there. Um, about an hour afterwards. So uh, you probably want to be somewhere else, maybe even Blankenberg or somewhere else on the lovely uh, Flemish coast. We need to talk about cruising, I think, on a podcast soon. And of course, we welcome everybody's ideas. You can tweet us at you should have BT. You can leave us a message at anchor.fm forward slash you should have been there. And we'd be delighted to hear your experiences of Bruges, Brussels, or anywhere else in Belgium. Uh, last week's guest, the man in seat 61, um, waxed lyrical about the station in Antwerp, for example. Anyway, my Eurostar train is, I think, about to be called, so time to say goodbye for this podcast. Thank you very much indeed for listening, and thank you, Mick, for your splendid report. I shall now start a campaign to bring back breakaway although frankly why bother when you've got you should have been there anyway for now from me simon calder and me mick webb goodbye goodbye can i stop peddling now